Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. Hey, How to Scale an Agency fam. I wanted to make this podcast episode talking all about how to manage a B2B sales team and improve their performance. I've managed many different sales reps over the last almost six years now running Twiz, and there's a lot of things that I would definitely avoid, a lot of lessons that I've learned uh, along the way, and things that I definitely would look out for as you're growing and scaling a B2B sales team. Uh, I'm trying to make this podcast episode have a lot of tactical advice, and at the time of release, you can actually click on the show notes below wherever you're listening to this podcast episode, and you can click on a video that I've made in supplement to this that it breaks down all of the different sheets that I use, how I manage dozens of different sales reps, not just for myself, but also for my clients, and this breakdown hopefully helps you kind of see how you can implement this for your B2B sales team, what things you can use right away to start growing and scaling faster. It's a tough time right now. Lots of businesses are shutting down. And so in times like this, I usually come back to how can I get more leads? How can I get more sales? Just by focusing on the fundamentals. And ultimately, building a B2B sales team is about building a culture. Improving performance is about improving that culture. There's a lot of things that are just fundamentals when it comes to this stuff that, you know, sometimes I overlooked when I was growing and scaling my business. And some of these fundamentals are key at any stage of your company. I've interviewed hundreds of businesses now over the last three or four years on this podcast. And through those lessons that I've learned, I've really just come to notice that most of the best businesses, ultimately, they focus on the fundamentals all the time. So even though it can be challenging and B2B sales can be something that really can you know, make or break a business, it is important to just focus on those fundamentals as I go through this entire episode. So the first thing I would think about when you're trying to grow and manage and improve a B2B sales team is finding the right kind of talent. So there's a couple different ways that I think about finding talent. The first way is from my network. Um, there's a couple of ways you can do this that I found to be really helpful. So first and foremost, I actually have referral commission for people that introduce me to really good talent in their network. So if I'm looking for a new sales rep, I'll actually start by usually going to people who've been on my podcast before. I'll go to people in my email list and I'll just ask them, do you know anybody who fits these criteria? Usually the best people that I've hired, either as working with them as a contractor or working with them as a full-time employee or part-time employee, have been from my network. So I always start there. That's usually the best place to find people. And if you really think about it, a lot of times the people that comprise your network are people who, you know, if you're in the B2B space, either have businesses or already work with a lot of other businesses. So they kind of have that general filtration to find the right kind of person anyways. So if you're looking to hire the right kind of talent, start with your network, offer an incentive for people in your network to send you people 
That's a great way to start. Now, the second way to do it is to put up, obviously, a lot of job listings on job boards. This is kind of, you know, conventional wisdom on things like Indeed, but you can also find some really cool places. Like I'm, I'm testing out this one marketplace right now called Commission Crowd, which has been pretty cool. You can go there if you want to find uh, commission-based closers. Um, and don't also sleep on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been really good for just posting jobs and finding applicants who are very hungry. You have to remember right now that there are hundreds, uh, thousands uh, of businesses that are going under. And with all these businesses going under, it creates an enormous opportunity. It's very unfortunate, but it creates an opportunity for hiring. This happened in the 2020 recession, and it's happening again now as we're dealing with the fallout of you know, the years after the pandemic and also the years of uh, now that we're in of inflation. And that's leading to a lot of layoffs. And so ultimately figuring this out is key for your business, finding the right kind of talent and capitalizing on the opportunity. You know, if you think about it, if you're still in business, right, then that means you're one of the companies that can hire typically, right? Um, there are no other players if they're not currently active. And so you can see this as an opportunity to get the right kind of people that previously you may not have been able to, right? Now, I also spend a lot of time researching these individuals and I make sure that my job description is really on point because without the right kind of job description, you're gonna attract the wrong kind of people. Now, one thing you can do inside your job description is you can actually put your culture and your values and everything in the description. So one thing I have is I have a thing called the Twiz OS. And the Twiz OS is basically a list of all of our principles, our SOPs, and everything somebody would need to know to work with us. Now, some of them I do restrict the view of until they become a partner on our team or an employee, but it gives them the idea of what our culture is, what our values are, what our principles are, and honestly, if somebody's not down for those things, I don't really want to hire them. And I'm really looking for people that really vibe with our culture, that I could see hiring, that I could see being with us for a long time. And by making these things transparent, it avoids hiring the wrong kind of people. Now, the next thing that I do for my sales team to make sure that I'm having the right kind of people is setting the right kind of goals and expectations. Now, this is really, really hard to do um, at first, right? And the reason is because most people have been able to get their business to a certain point, but they're hiring new individuals in order to grow their company, and they may not actually have a sales model established. So you're basically hiring people without actually having a path towards how you want this business to grow. So you've been able to get it to a certain size, but you haven't been able to figure out how to grow it to let's say the next million dollars in revenue. And you're hoping that these new people you're bringing on can help you figure that out. It's okay to be you know, experimental, but what I would say is this is an area where you really want to be ultra clear. I do have some videos on my YouTube where I go into detail about this. And if you watch the video that corresponds with this podcast, I actually am breaking down how to set these goals and expectations with the proper kinds of metrics, actual tangible KPIs that you can use. If you're hiring a sales manager, if you're hiring an employee, if you're hiring whoever. Now I can tell you that 
When it comes to setting goals and expectations around commission, for example, everything is very numbers oriented. And so I can tell people, if you take this many meetings, I expect this much revenue per hour. That's one of the most important metrics I use is revenue per hour. Why? Because it's simple. If they produce me $10,000 in revenue in a certain month and they worked 100 hours, then I can compute the revenue per hour and it's very clear. I actually have a leaderboard of the revenue per hour that I share with everybody on my team. Why do I do this? It instills what I consider healthy competition, mainly because most sales reps, they are eager for the competition. They want somebody to challenge them. They want someone to push them. And so if you have that kind of a leaderboard, then you're ultimately setting the expectation that this is a competitive environment and it attracts the right kind of people, but it also gives them a goal because you can say, hey, your goal is to make $150 per hour. And this can change based on the business. The revenue goal can change based on the company and the model that you have. But if you really go and look at the amount of revenue you're producing and you assume, let's say you're the first sales rep for your team and you're looking to hire and bring on more people, then you can use yourself as the foundation of what those metrics look like. And you can say, if I'm a full-time employee, what am I doing? Now, here's one thing that, especially for that first person you bring on your team, that's not just you, but you're bringing on that first sales rep. You wanna find somebody who can actually perform just as well as you in sales. And this is a little bit controversial, I think a lot of people would say that you want to find someone who's good at sales, but not as good as you. A lot of people believe that finding someone as good as the CEO or the founder of a company at sales is impossible. And I actually disagree for a couple different reasons. One, if you have somebody who is really good at sales and they're a seasoned professional, they're a specialist, right? They just do sales and you can find hundreds of them, thousands of them that are just good at sales. As an executive or a founder, you're good at many things. And so that means that it's not just sales focus. It's so many different things that allow you to grow and scale your operation. And so your mind is fragmented on a daily basis. You're not just focusing on sales. So even if you could be the best salesperson of your product, you're not because you're so spread thin. So it's okay to look at it and say, okay, I'm able to produce this much. This is what I expect somebody else to produce. So I would take it from that angle. And that's what happened for me. So my first person that I hired for my actual company, Twiz, when I hired them, I actually set the exact same expectation that I have for myself. So at the time, back in 2021, I was closing about $15,000 in recurring revenue with about six month contracts each. So let's say it was a $1,500 per month subscription with six month contract. That was what I was able to do. And I did about 10 of those a month. That was what I was producing. A lot of those are SEO contracts, but I also closed some lead gen deals in there too. Some Google ads and paid advertising deals as well. And he was actually able to start hitting that right away. So what that allowed me to do was to focus more on building the team and getting meetings. And so it's important to have that expectation setting right from the beginning. If you're trying to improve the performance of your B2B sales team and manage them, then having this is very, very important. Setting the right kind of goals is very, very important. Now, just for some of the last kind of things I look at or think about when it comes to implementing and building the culture is training. 
and daily and continuous learning. So every week we have three meetings and they're at the same time every day, three days a week, 11 a.m. PST, we have a meeting for our team. And on this meeting, I share my screen and I go through the numbers and I say, this is how many meetings we've taken. And I have every single person on my team score the meetings that have come through so I can optimize. Because at this point in my business, my job is to scale the products we have, scale the company, but to actually go through and work with the team of about 10, 15 different sales reps and have them all score the leads so I can optimize and get this funnel bigger and bigger and bigger, right? And once you get past those first five employees, that should be the entire goal that you have or first five people on your team, that should be the entire goal you have. So we meet and we iterate. We iterate by having them tell me what was good and what wasn't good. And when they tell me this, I then go and I say, okay, well, this is great. I'm gonna get more meetings like this. So not only are they learning, but I'm learning as well. I also, and I would encourage everyone to really look at this. I would recommend for the learning part, I recommend you make a sales process document that is constantly evolving. And I actually have one that we use for our company and it has everything someone needs to know to close deals with us. It's about an 18 minute video and it's a subsequent one pager that actually has links to every single thing that's mentioned in the video, as well as timestamps to what is actually part of selling with Twiz. And so they can just use this one pager anytime they need to, to sell with Twiz. It makes things very, very simple. Every company's sales process is different and it's always changing. So you have to be willing to update it. Now, I will say I used to be very bad at this. This was not a strong suit for me. What happened? Well, ChatGPT happened. I started using ChatGPT to actually make standard operating procedures. So I would record a video in Loom. Oftentimes I would share my screen when I was making these videos and Loom would automatically create for me a transcript of what it is that I was trying to talk about or get people to do. And this transcript I then copied and I told ChatGPT, make me a SOP on this process. And it would create one. And I'd say, include the relevant timestamps to the video because it includes the timestamps in the transcript. So now when somebody goes and they grab this one pager or this two pager SOP, standard operating procedure, they just follow this thing. They go to the video, they watch it, they follow the thing. And that way I never have to write. And this is a big piece and probably one of the final ones I'll mention in this episode that I encourage you to focus on strongly when it comes to building a sales team. A sales team, a B2B sales team and their subsequent performance is a reflection of the manager. You have to have your stuff together if you want to be successful. And what that means is you can't drop anything and you need to make sure you fully understand your strengths and your weaknesses. In my opinion, performance is very simple. It's all about optimizing for your strengths and removing the negatives that come with your weaknesses. And the reason I say that is because sometimes it's not smart to fully optimize or improve on your weaknesses. Sometimes it's better to just not let them get in the way. And for me, I'm not a writer. I don't like writing. I used to think I did actually, but I don't. I love talking, <laughs> which is probably not a surprise to anybody who's listened to the last couple hundred podcast episodes. I love talking 
And because I love talking, now there's so many ways to actually take my speech and turn it into text, to turn it into images, to turn it into videos. It's pretty incredible, honestly, with AI. So know your strengths, know what kind of a leader you are, know what kind of a manager you are, and know that everything you do is going to be a reflection on your team. So you have to understand yourself first. So in summary, you know, with this whole episode, if you're trying to build a B2B sales team and also improve their performance, you have to improve your own performance first. If you start with that and then build everything around that and build all the KPIs around that and start with yourself as the first model, think of yourself as version one, right? If you are into software development, you're version one. You have version two, version three, version four. Everything is iterative and it gets better and better and better. You're version one. Start with yourself, build something around yourself and then scale up to all these people. And this is really where your mind starts to expand, right? Because right now for myself and my business, I feel like my mind is starting to expand because I'm going past the couple, you know, the, the five, the 10, the 15 reps, and I'm going to start thinking about, okay, how can I get this to 50, 100, 500 representatives? That's how you start thinking in terms of a 30, 50, $100 million company is having not just 10, 20, 30 reps, but 100, 200, 300 reps. I mean, you have to believe some of these insurance companies, software companies, they have so many sales representatives. Why? Because they realized that their product, which is themselves, they were able to duplicate it and productize their sales process to be iterative and grow and build because they had a strong foundation. So again, I hope you found this helpful. I hope you found this podcast useful. Feel free to share it with a friend and you know, just one thing I want to ask all of you guys, if you could leave us a review on the podcast, it'd really help. We're trying to get this out to as many people as possible. Those reviews really help us and they help us get it out in front of more people. So if you could do one thing, review this podcast, take the two seconds, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, hit that review button. If you liked it, give it five stars, share with a friend, go to my YouTube, look up Lucas James dash twiz or just Lucas James, you should find me. Um, I'm making a lot of content like this and I have in the show notes this exact video breaking down everything that's discussed in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions for me, do not hesitate to ask. I really wanna build a strong community around capitalizing on some of the amazing things that are happening in our generation around sales, around AI, around no code. That's why I make so many videos about AI no code, but this one, I wanted to make it about the fundamentals of business and just B2B sales and how to improve their performance. If you have any questions for me, do not hesitate to ask. Hope you have a great day. Until next time, bye.